I tell you, it is such a gift to be in a part of the country when flower communion happens when there's lots of flowers around. When I was in Alabama and Texas, it was a little bit different. We had to figure out when the flowers, when to have flower communion because the flowers don't all happen at the same time, right? But I love, I love the opportunity to be intentional and think about our natural world, to think about all the abundance that is around us because flowers are fun. <laughs> because flowers are fun. There's some that are teeny tiny, little bitty clusters of things. I saw some lamb's ear the other day that was just beginning to have like the little purple blossoms show out from the green fuzziness of the lamb's ear. And then, and then there's the blossoms that are voluminous, abundant, ostentatious, working so hard to be so fabulous. And they come in singles and clusters and little bits together. So many, so many, and so beautiful. Bringing in the flowers and the meaning and the respect and being able to be intentional about noticing the diversity of the life around us. It's an intentional choice on our part as a faith as well. As we celebrate the approaching end of the church year with this ritual unique in Unitarian Universalists, what many of us call the flower communion. Now, when we gather in person, um, usually the story of the flower communion and sharing it in the congregation comes at the end of the service. Um, and so we'll be, this is kind of the message for the moment. Part of our work as a faith and as a congregation in this time is relocating and reconnecting with our why, with our theology, with our ministry in the world. And as someone like myself who's participated in or led the flower communion all my life, the why that comes with this service and its context, sometimes that can be missed in the images and the metaphors. So I want to share... It's, there's moments when it can feel like, oh, it's a flower community. Isn't this light and fluffy and lovely and wonderful? But I tell you, every time I tell this story, every year I come back to it, it is particular and relevant in its meaning yet again. And I think as I tell the story, you'll understand why. The Reverend Dr. Norbert Chopek first created and celebrated this form of celebration, this communion in 1923 during his ministry in what was then Czechoslovakia. Čapek was born in Czechoslovakia and was a minister in the Baptist church, um, but he became more liberal than he felt was safe. And so he left his ministry and came to the United States. And in this country, he found Unitarianism and brought it with him when he returned to ministry in his native land. And there he formed the Liberal Religious Fellowship to start the Unitarian movement in then Czechoslovakia. So people from all kinds of religious backgrounds attended this congregation. They were Catholic and Protestant and Jewish. And Chapek was sensitive 
to the variety of beliefs held by the members of the congregation, and he sought to offer a ritual that could be shared by everyone and would not be attached to any one particular tradition. So Reverend Chopek chose to the, turn to the natural beauty around him and the country in which he lived and chose this sign of spring, the abundance that was and is so well expressed in flowers. And so on the last day uh, of services before their summer recess at the Unitarian Church in Prague, all the children and adults participated in this colorful ritual which gave a concrete form to the humanity-affirming principles of our liberal faith. Uh, before the time of the Second World War, Dr. Chapek's congregation in Prague was the largest Unitarian congregation in the world. It numbered about 3,000 members. That's three and a thousand, 3,000 members. Can you imagine the scope of that sanctuary that would be so inclusive and so huge? But then came the Nazis. And when the Nazis took control of Prague in 1940, they found that Dr. Chopek's gospel of the inherent worth and beauty of every person to be, as the Nazi records show, too dangerous to the Reich to allow him to live. The celebration of beauty was too dangerous to be allowed to live. And so Dr. Chopek was sent to Dachau, the prison camp, and was murdered the next year. Before he died, he had gifted the world with this flower communion. And Norbert Chopek chose flowers. He knew they were beautiful, that the works of rain and earth and sun would knit together in such a variety of color and shape we know. And we also know that this all knits together in our lives to create us as human beings and all of our diversity as well. Reverend Maya Chapek, his partner in life and in ministry, describes the flower communion in this way. The flowers are used as symbols of the gifts that each person can make to the church and through the church to other persons. Because of the large variety of each the large variety, each person is able to express their individuality. And the exchange of flowers, because that is part of the core of the communion, this exchange of flowers means that I shall travel without reservation with anyone, regardless of their social status or their formal religious affiliation, as long as they are ready and willing to go along in search of truth and service to humanity. And that search, simply being in the moment of our very mortal human existence search in a world that is far, far larger than us, is so very challenging. We know this, each of us, in our own ways, in our individual lives, and we know this from the stories of those such as Norbert and Maya Chapek. And the questions that we entertain and the search that we engage with is so difficult. We cannot just simply use our heads or our hearts or our minds or our spirits to respond. We must use all that is us and within us 
We use all that is our life. And so, now we turn to the flower communion itself. We use flowers in the ceremony this morning to help us symbolize the love that is deep deep inside us. I want to invite you, if you, I think most people brought the flowers um, earlier in the service, but if you are joining us online, this is a moment to find a flower for yourself as well. The flowers are beautiful, and so are the feelings of love among the people. Their beauty cannot be measured, and neither can the feelings of the people be measured. Their life is short, but new flowers will replace the flowers that die, and new love can come into our hearts. This bud, this bud is for the babies who are born this year. Those lives were not with us when we celebrated last year. They are here, they are here among us. And before, in their lives, before they will lift a hand, they will learn to smile. Before they speak, they learn to love. And if we help them keep this love in their hearts, they will pass it on to others for years into the future. This flower represents all the people living all over the world. People we will never encounter, even electronically, but maybe not face-to-face. But we can still feel the warmth of their hearts and ours. Because we know that their hopes are our hopes, that their pain is like our pain, that their love is like our love. These flowers are shared by all these different people and put together in a generous gift. They represent all the people here today, and we also share the flowers with people from every place where they are from. And these flowers, so lovely, so beautiful today, will in fact fade tomorrow. But the love among people of all ages of all families and friends, will go on and on. We we can know one another and in that knowing can attend to what is in each other's hearts. And so in doing so in this moment, in bringing all this together, we have brought together our flowers and our love to gladden our church and to gladden our lives. This is simply a touch of the emerging beauty that is within us and around us that we bring together every Sunday, every day, in every moment of our lives together. So I want to invite us into this moment to share in the flower communion itself that what we will do is uh, you are invited. We're going to be singing together from you I receive to you I give. We'll be singing it again again and again as we share the flowers together. You're welcome to come forward and take a flower different than one you might have brought. And we have plenty. We have plenty in case you weren't able to bring one today.
So you're welcome to come forward, bring, take a flower other than one you've brought, and then return. And as we're singing, return to your seat and we'll share the blessing together. So let us sing. As soon as Rosa gets to the piano, let us sing. From you I receive, to you I give, and we just keep singing. Whenever Dr. Chapek conducted the flower communion in Prague, he would offer this blessing as a way of consecrating the flowers. Infinite spirit of life, we ask thy blessing on these, thy messengers of fellowship and love. May they remind us amid diversities of knowledge and of gifts to be one in desire and affection and devotion to thy holy will. May they also remind us of the value of comradeship, of doing and sharing alike. May we cherish friendship as one of the most precious gifts. May we not let awareness of another's talents discourage us or sully our relationship, but may we realize that whatever we can do, great or small, the efforts of all of us are needed to do the work of the world. The efforts of all of us are needed to do the work of the world. Please rise.